first team is actually the biggest team he's ever had. People think that everybody's big nowadays. But, uh, no, they're, they're a giant. Yeah. It's a very literal name. All right. Welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. I am Dan. I'm here with Colin. Hello, everybody. Uh, two out of three ain't bad. We're missing yeah. our buddy TJ tonight. Extra, right. extra special episode. It's going to be even better than, than you could imagine. You know, double double power here. Um, <laughs> no, that's not to say that, you know, it's better because TJ is not here. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're just tired of his highfalutin talk and, and you know, condescending nature, then, then you're in luck today because this is just <laughs> you with the boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That being said, uh, let's get a little bit of the, uh, you know, the stuff at the top uh, taken care of. Uh, again, the BBU podcast is brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, check them out at Pigskin Podnet at Twitter. Um, and this week we actually have a special promotion. Colin, check this out. Um, I don't know about you, but me as an adult, I, I sort of phased out my jersey wearing. Do you wear jerseys anymore? So I had this conversation with my wife somewhat recently. Well, it was actually between her and my father uh, when he asked her if if there was any jerseys that I would want for either a birthday or or Christmas, and she said, "Don't buy him anymore, please. <laughs> he, he he doesn't wear them. There's no point." And you know what? She she has a point there. As much as I want some of them, no, I, don't buy me any. I don't know. I mean, there there's a time and place, and 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 that's where this promotion comes in because. Uh, the, the Pigskin Podcast Network is giving away your choice of any NFL jersey. So you can choose anything. You don't have to get, you know, the mainstream choices. You don't have to get a Tom Brady jersey or an Eli Manning jersey or an Odell Beckham jersey, which I'm sure all of you want. Um, you can get anything you want. And you can wear it as a, uh, a point of pride, whether it's Sunday or any day of the week, really. Um, we all work from home, so who really cares anymore? Um, so what you have to do to, in order to enter for this uh, promotion is first – Follow uh, the Pigskin Podcast Net at Pigskin Pod Net on Twitter. You retweet um, the post about the promotion, and you just tag two friends in it, and that's it. You're in the pot. You might win a jersey, you might not. If you don't win it, continue being an adult. Um, if you do, you know, enjoy your ad- enjoy a, a reveling in your adolescence a little bit. And you know what? I, I do have to say, I'm, I'm automatically going to be wearing a jersey this Sunday because I will be going to the game. Oh, so good question. That, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to decide which one it is, and I think I've rounded it down. And, and you know what? Can I guess? More times than not. Yeah, please guess. Um, Charles Way. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? It's probably your best it's option. Obscure. It's the best option, really. Yeah, it really is. And it fits the best, too. Like, it's not super oversized. I've had it since 1997 when he had that mm. monster season when uh, Tiki Barber's rookie year. He went down. All the running backs went down like the Ravens are this year, and you you need to put a, a fullback in there as the starting guy. They went 10-5-1, and one, and he ripped it up. I wish I could remember his uh, his stats that year, but he had a, a <laughs> bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns, and he ran people over. He was like Jacobs before Jacobs. If you could remember his stat line from that specific year, that you should get that tattooed on your, on your, on your wrist or something. That'd be awesome. Well... Yeah, uh, maybe right. just like in Roman numerals and, and, and people be like, what does that stand for? And it's, oh, that's actually Charles Way stat line from 1998 <laughs> like, or whatever. <laughs> and you know what bummed me out the most is he worked for the for the organization for years. And I think he I think in the last four or five years, maybe it was even less, two or three, uh, he went on to do something else. Actually, I think he works for the league. 
which makes me feel a little bit better because he's not working for another team. He's just working in the league office, but I'll have to confirm that. Just one of Goodell's minions. Yeah, right. Um, well, that's great, Con. Hope you hope you represent. Um, hope you hope you don't have to take any spite naps um, while you're there. Um, well, no, because I'm going to have a good time overall because I, I, I haven't told you yet. Um, I've invited our, our good friend, Nick Matt. Oh, um, nice. Uh, our, our Former guest of the pod. Yep. And a very good friend of mine from, from college. I said his last name. I shouldn't have, but, you know, I'll, I'll bleep it out or something. Um, <laughs> and it's a he, common he lives name, up, really. Yes, that's true. That is true. He lives up uh, up near Schenectady or a little bit north of it, so it's a bit of a ride. So he'll be coming down. Uh, good thing it's a kickoff at, at 425. He'll come down in the late morning, and then uh, we'll hang. And, you know, I offered him the uh, option of staying over afterwards since we'll get out of there so late, but he might even be run, running back up then. But uh, it'll be good to have him there. And, uh, in fact, uh, maybe we'll have him on uh, on one of the episodes in the future to talk about it. So I love it. He brings the heat, man. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's good. That, that, that'll, that'll set up some good uh, vibes for you headed in there. You know, temper your expectations. You'll have a fun time either way. Uh, but Absolutely. I'd like a, you know, a full report back of the atmosphere. Um and the grayness that is uh, MetLife Stadium. <laughs> so for this pod, I think we're going to take um, a little different stab at it than normal. Um, we sort of want to, you know, since there hasn't been a ton of news this week, you know, we were aware that they're playing the Broncos last week. Um, I think first it'd be important maybe to address sort of, the, you know, the state of the union, the state of the franchise right now. Um, sort of where we are as fans and how we think you know, at least a certain type of fan that that's in line with the way we think is feeling right now. Um, this is a podcast for the fans by the fans. So let's just sort of drill down on the fans perspective, our, our thoughts on the team moving forward. And then later on in the pod, we'll sort of break it down uh, to more, um, you know, pointed ideas about specific position groups, what we want to see predictions um, and so on. So that being said, uh, you know, I, I feel like we come on here a lot and, and me particularly um, and I, I, I just, sometimes I, I don't have a lot to say. There hasn't been a lot of change. And I don't know if you've felt this as well, Colin, but things have felt sort of the same level of mediocrity or almost like Murphy's law. When there's two options, I can always rely on the giants to take the option that I don't feel is, is the, the best choice for the team moving forward. Um, and that's sort of put me in, you know, a, sort of a, this constant state of pessimism towards the team and their choices. I, I don't really expect much and, and they haven't done anything to really, you know, convince me that they're going another way outside of maybe the promise that Joe judge is a good head coach. Um, I think at every turn he he's hampered by, um, you know, the way the team is built, the talent he has to work with. Um, and that all sort of points to my punching bag, Dave Gettleman, um, you know, and I know it can be wearing on fans to, to you know, the, the pod that listens to this, but I'm trying to be honest, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. And, and until the team gives us reason to, to think otherwise, I think we just, you know, we stick with it. There's really nothing else to go off of. And, and that's the main point that, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about this in a couple of weeks past, or even the last year or, or many years at this point. It, it, it's not that we want to be so down on everything. It's just... You know, we have eyes and we see things and we hear things and we, we, we listen to these press conferences. And I find it very hard for anyone to, to take all of this in and still have this, this 
just elated sense of, of positivity and thinking, no, this is the year. We've got one more game that we, we didn't play in years past, and we're going to have an even better record because of it, and we're going to win that extra game. And I wish I could feel that way. And you know what? There was a time and a place in the past where maybe I, I, I had a little bit of a clouded uh, view on things because I was just so enamored with everything that had to do with the organization. But maybe as I've gotten older... Well, do you and, think uh, that's, that's sort of like a, a blind faith in the team? I feel like a lot of the people that take the opposite side uh, that we usually do, uh, you know, say trust the process. Like you don't, you don't know, like how, how, you're just a guy. Like how do you know more than these professionals? Um, and I feel like that, that, you know, to a certain extent, like you can go along with that for a little while, but after a certain point of, you know, the way that the clubs run, you have to start questioning things and, and seeing how things are, are operating here. Um, I, I saw this one tweet. Uh, this week and and Colin we can get back to to what you're getting to but I just wanted to touch on this Um, it was the salary cap space for all 32 teams right Mm -hmm. and you know this is is just sort of you know encapsulates a lot of my issues with the way the teams run Um, the Giants have the second uh, lowest amount of salary cap only only the Patriots have less salary cap and they you know acquired like 30 players <laughs> this past offseason. Yeah, they, they spent more yeah. than they have in years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was an unprecedented year for the Patriots. Um, the other teams, you know, in the top six uh, of lowest salary cap, meaning less least amount of money to spend, are all legitimate title contenders. It's it's uh, the Patriots, the Bills, the Bucks, the Chiefs, and the Rams. Um, the Giants are are, are are realistically hoping to be a 500 team this year. I know Eli came out this week saying, you know, a successful season would be making the playoffs. Yeah, sure, that'd be ultra successful. Um, but they're not the caliber of team that that is is truly in contention. And to be so calorie strapped, uh, calorie uh, salary <laughs> calorie strapped, <laughs> salary cap strapped at this point of the game it, it is really befuddling. We're, we're renegotiating contracts, uh, weighing them, you know, for years on end, and we're going to have these huge albatross of contracts on players that are no longer productive for the team that we're not going to be able to get rid of in a couple of years. Um, this this is all, you know, sort of stemming from the, the like, sort of unfounded, unsubstantiated hubris of Dave Gettleman, I, I really think. I feel like, you know, people say, like, he's trying to set up Daniel Jones, you know, to be successful with his draft picks, but He's been saying he's rebuilding the offensive line for the past four, three years, and and we are in horrendous shape. We picked up Billy Price, who was out of for the past three years out of eighty-seven centers was rated eighty-sixth. Oh, and then and then and then Breardon from uh from the Ravens who we picked up was like widely known to just be uh someone that's going to be casualty of camp and and cut, and and we traded uh, a fourth was likely going to be a high fourth round pick for it. Um, the, neither of these players are a solution, but it's just grasping at straws, and that's the reason I can't have confidence moving the season. If if these are actions that are supposed to be indicative of of the way the club is run, yeah, I and it it's funny because I just when as you were speaking, I was thinking about the idea that uh, you know going back to the the ongoing topic that we always revolve around is the offensive line, and I had this worry that. It's possible that it actually comes from the top, and it's this unfounded, uh, just terrified feeling from the Maras and the Tishes about not selling tickets, making this so much so a business decision to draft, you know, the Flash in in Saquon, and like, 
you know, try to, to, to literally get butts in seats instead of going the route that actually makes you win games, which is worrying about the offensive line. And yes, they've, they've dealt with the defensive line a lot better uh, in, the, in the last five to ten years. But well, that's why the salary cap so high is because their defense is so expensive. Yeah, and and that's fine if if you allow them to operate in a way that uh, that they can actually succeed. But I I don't know I, I I'm you you hear Gettleman talking about we joke about the hog mollies and that whole thing, but it's like he's the worst politician of all time trying to hide his lies. He says one thing, does a complete other thing, and says, "Don't worry, have faith. We the guys we have here are good." What do you say but about why Daniel are we Jones? having faith? Yeah, well, yeah, and that too. I mean, yeah. that that was just, you know, he's he he's friendly with um, what's his name at Duke, uh, David Cutcliffe, who was um, uh, uh, Peyton's coach in Tennessee, as well as um, I don't, I forget if he actually, he I think he coached Eli too, if I remember correctly, in Ole Miss. I I I'm, I might be wrong there, but he's been at Duke for a while. They've been going down there to you know for these camps, these quarterback camps every summer, and that's all good and fine. And then you have, you know, cronying up with, with Daniel Jones while, while he's he's playing there and just having it in your head that, like, he's the guy. It doesn't matter if he went to Duke and it doesn't matter if his stats weren't great in college, but he just has all the intangibles. But it almost seems like it was all it was all on Gettleman. And I, I mean, I don't I don't know if he ha- he just had such a a massive control over many of the scouts that no longer work for the organization anymore. Uh, you know, want to throw that out there. But it was just like, hey, Dave, my good old pal, this is John Mara talking. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I trust you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a good good move. I like that. Yeah, go for it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, know. I, I feel like I'm rambling. But. Yeah, no, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's hubris. It's, the definition of hubris is essentially a excessive pride uh, or excessive self-confidence. And, and that's really what he has. And, 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 and to me, hubris is unsubstantiated. So you have this pride and confidence based on you know no proof and i don't think gettleman's ever proved his excellence as a gm and back when they drafted daniel jones peter king asked him about the pick you know because jones was widely considered a later selection not you know coming at the sixth pick was sort of a reach considered by most experts and people in the know so he he basically asked gettleman and gettleman's you know (laughs) sort of i mean it is a jerky flippant response you know Instead of giving him a real answer, like, you know, why he liked him, he just said, ask me about it in three years. How like, could he be so sure of that? Because he's a dimwit, dude. He's just a dimwit. And and it's, it, whatever, it's year three, and we're about to find out if, you know, a middling quarterback with no offensive line and a fully injured skill position group can uh, succeed in, in the modern NFL. And speaking of the... Uh, injured skill position group. Let's just quickly do a segue into what the uh, the latest injury status is going into this. Oh game. yeah, did you see that? <laughs> I have it pulled up right <laughs> Thank here, you. and Thank it's you. lengthy. It's lengthy. So starting with the top, our favorite player of the team, Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. He did not play on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Um, we are recording on Thursday for those listening. Um, Saquon, of course, the knee limited practice both days, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, I'm going to skip over some of the others that aren't really super important, but Adoree Jackson, ankle, limited, both days. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, foot, limited, both days. But I have a feeling 
we're going to see him a lot more than everybody else on this list. I just have this feeling that he's going to – his foot issue is, is – I don't know. Maybe it's the little bit of positivity that's uh, that's coming from me right now. I think I think we're gonna get uh, a healthy dose of him, which frankly I like because I've liked watching him the last ten years, and I'm glad he's on the team now. I wish we had him right out of college. That would have been wonderful. But what can you do? Yeah. Um, Danny Shelton, uh, neck injury that I had no idea about. Um, limited on Wednesday and Thursday. These guys are all questionable. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it looks like. Caden yeah. Smith, knee. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that was went over my head, but uh, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Andrew Thomas, ankle, <laughs> Wednesday and Thursday limited. I think it's hurt feelings, too. Yes, it might be that. And then um, Kadarius Tony hamstring, limited uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And when he was asked in an interview, uh, press conference, about uh, what his thoughts were about his, his status going into the weekend, is uh, what was it? What did he say? It was something like, "Oh, they're gonna have to make something up if I don't play." <laughs> well, okay, so so w- when we see you catch one pass for negative two yards, and then we don't see you for the rest of the game, that'll be really cool. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we got that going for us. Yeah, but granted, it might be a little bit of an oversight. Uh, I don't know if they forgot, but uh, Shane Lemieux's not on here unless he's good. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he's supposed to supposed to play. Um, and yeah, and and Solder is gonna play, and, and Pert is he's starting, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we have a rotation at right tackle, that's just a disaster, regardless of who's in the rotation. Well, and that and that's just you know that goes to show, uh, uh, Pert, Pert, yeah. What what happened? What happened this off season? Did you did you just have you know a, a lot of uh, uh, high hopes, and then you just kind of didn't put it together? Like we we can't be going to the season. He's either lines. not good, or we're not good at developing players. Or both. Yeah, or both. Um, and, and just a juxtaposition, uh, the Broncos are headed into this game with uh, two players questionable, one of which is Bradley Chubb. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple players that are out, n- none of none of no, no starters. Um, because it's week one, and why, why should you have 12 starters questionable to play? Um, especially if they didn't play in any games or were controlled in practice. Um for such a cautionary preseason, um, you know, what, what's going on? Well, if you want to talk about constants in an organization, I mean, going back to, <laughs> I, I'd have to say the 90s at least is the, the our favorite drill, the lead pipe drill that we've mentioned many a time uh, that you, you I believe, developed. I, uh, well, I, you know, I had an, an inside man um, that, that was sort of trying to figure out the genius um, uh, of the Giants offense back then. Um and uh, and what they used to do to, to to work on agility was 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 huck lead pipes at at all their skill players and see or not even skill players even even offensive linemen it didn't matter it was it was a true test of athleticism you, you know they, they'd have the coaches just just throw lead pipes at their at their legs and if you get out of the way you know you're doing good if you get hit then you're probably on the injury reserve for the rest of the season but that's how you <laughs> sort of <laughs> weed the 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 week out uh, back in the and- day in the Giants. And I know, I know it's our team, and we think we're the most injured ever. But I would love to do a deep dive in the actual statistics of how injured we are in comparison to other teams. I, I'd have to imagine we are at the top or the bottom, whichever you want to go with. I mean, over the course of like fifteen years, yeah. Because I, I don't you remember there was all that talk about like the practice surface and and why it was garnering so many like specific like like plantar fasciitis and like high mm-hmm. ankle sprains, and like everyone was getting like the same injury like throughout the season consistently. 
Um, yeah. It seems to have subsided since they redid Quest uh, Diagnostic Center and put that up, but still, it's just, <laughs> you know, something stinks in Denmark, man. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know. So so my thesis on the season is, like, it. I'm going to try as hard as I can to be positive. Um, if they give me something to rally around, I'm going to rally around it. I'm, I'm, I'm already just focused on Dexter Lawrence. You know, I'm going to live vicariously through him and, and what he does this year. Um, and if there could be other bright spots, I'll, I'll try to run with that. But, you know, ultimately I don't feel great about where the team is and I don't feel great about where it's going unless there's some real change. And, and I don't, you know, honestly see it happening anytime sooner or how we can get to that change unless Absolutely. there's, um, you know, a full, you know, just just absolute like 180 that happens and if that 180 does in fact happen we will be fully behind it 100 percent the entire way we we won't be one of those kind of uh commentators that are just looking for the negativity although it has been easy for us to do in the last uh five to ten years or so we're not going to go about that route if it actually seems like some changes are happening and maybe there's a culture shift of some sort then great bring it on we we need it because frankly it would make doing uh a podcast on this team a lot easier yeah yeah i just want something something fun some players to to pop and and just be competitive like i'm not saying we need to win a super bowl anytime soon but i would like to head into games and and watch games where they have a legitimate chance to win and, and aren't shooting themselves in the foot left and right or just being blown out um i don't know it, it's not it's not a huge ass but also you know <laughs> what can we do yeah and uh, this it just makes me think and i had to have a bit of a uh a... A look in the mirror moment recently because oh, we've been talking about it this off season and, and I, I just I took a step back and I, I thought of myself as a, as a younger man uh, 10 to 15 years ago or, or even more and just think about what I was as a fan then and you know I've mentioned it before on, on the podcast that you know I have a very strong family connection with the team season tickets going back to the 30s my grandfather worked for them my dad was a water boy the whole thing so there's like this deep-rooted connection that I, I, I have a tattoo in my arm. It was the first tattoo I ever had when I was 19. Uh, it's, it's a whole thing. And, you know, I think there was a point in time where I just took it a, a little too seriously. I, I didn't need to. Uh, in college especially, it would ruin my whole week for the following week if they lost. I've said this before. But I almost, at this point, miss those days. I miss the idea that a big very big part of my life was was surrounding following this team and being excited about it every year. All, the off season was always exciting for me because it was just a you know a a chance for the new. It, it was that that spring feeling, and I I really want that again. And that's what I want more than anything else is is actual true non-fabricated excitement because I think something is heading in the right direction and and we haven't had that and I it, I lament on it constantly because it was really I mean, fun <laughs> it was really fun and, and sports are a huge part of our lives and and this team has always been a big part of uh, both of our families lives forever and, and we want that to continue and we want to pass that on to the, uh, the children that we have and will have and you know they got to start now with actually uh making that a possibility so yeah i mean i used to say i would take a, a bullet in the butt for tiki barber and i was i was dead serious um and that was just tiki <laughs> barber you know it wasn't anyone that great yeah yeah and, and then see how see how he repaid you with that yeah 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 that's what you get 
stupid Giants fan. All right. Uh, so moving on, on on our sort of uh, emo core uh, opening here. Um, let's sort of talk about just like the big question marks headed into the season, and then we'll get into predictions um, and stuff like that. So obviously, I don't know if we belabor it even more. You know, everything starts with the O line. Um, it's I thought it was funny that you know at the beginning of the season when we everyone asked about you know why didn't we draft more O line. Uh, players or, or, or pick anyone up in free agency to, to, to beef up the depth or to come in and start. Um, it was all about, you know, we really like the players we have. They're young, they're learning, they're getting better. And all of a sudden, right before the season starts, we're putting in Nate Solder and trading for these retreads on, uh, you know, on, on the Ravens and uh, and Cincinnati. Um, so the, the youth movement is, is sort of stifled. I think they don't know what they're doing. And, um you know, Andrew Thomas pick might turn out to be one of the most horrendous <laughs> selections of all time. Uh, I don't know if that if if someone in Georgia is you know <laughs> is just in Gettleman's ear uh, and they just take a ton of players from Georgia regardless of how good they are or or what. Yeah. But um, you know, I don't know if we we have to really belabor the O line. But do you have any anything you want to talk about that other than like full on surprise, shock, and awe of of being competent? Well, I, I think it's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something positive, and and you know this. This only means so much. But when in terms of the culture of the locker room, and I know we we beleaguer that um, phrase often because that's uh, that seemingly doesn't mean anything. But I think in this case it actually does. And I was frankly very su- surprised to see it when they named the captains, and uh, Nick Gates was named one of them. And I I really think that's a that's a great thing. Um, I couldn't have told you that two years ago. That yeah. would have been the case. Yeah. So that's amazing. And if he has the respect of the locker room to the point of being nominated as that, then I think that's a good place to start. And he's young enough where if, if for, for some reason this organization gets it figured out, maybe you use him as the linchpin and you can actually have uh, a 10-year line with him captaining it. And that would be wonderful. So sure. I'm going to end on the positive with the O-line. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think second biggest question is 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 Jason Garrett going to evolve? Is he going to create an offense where you know the players we, that we do have can thrive? Um, I think that's an unanswerable question, being that in the preseason none of the starters really played, and they obviously don't show you um, what they're really thinking. That's sort of a wait and see, in my opinion. Um, again, no, not a lot of faith in Jason Garrett, but it, a lot of it's going to come down to that because based on you know, our, our, our athletes, you're going to need some creative play calling or, or a really smart utilization of those skill sets um, in order to get by, you know, teams like the Redskins in our division, um, you know, the Washington football team. Oh, sorry. Jeez. I mean, it, it's been 33 years of calling the Redskins. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, uh, anyway, even like the first couple of games this season with, with Denver and, uh, you know, it, it's it's just um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Jason Garrett? Anything he can do um, that that would encourage you or put us in a better position to have a successful season? Well, I think what could encourage us is somehow figuring out a way to navigate these early skill position injuries early in the season because this is. Uh, uh, Judge said it himself. You don't really know what kind of team you have until a couple of weeks into the season, even sometimes into October. And that's just the fact. Especially now that you have uh, less preseason games than you used to have. That's just one more regular season game that's more or less a, a dress rehearsal, which is, you know, 
coaches have to go into it thinking, all right, well, it's possible we might lose a game or two just because we're figuring it out. So if I can ask anything of Jason Garrett, it's going to be don't overcomplicate it, which he doesn't usually because you know he, he you know we, we don't we don't do any pre motion pre snap motion so I'm sure it'll be the simplest thing ever but what I mean by that is simplify <laughs> to the point where do what you think that they can do well and consistently and don't try to pull pull out the tricks early on uh, I know that's not very exciting but if if you're gonna want to temper your expectations early until you get I mean, some people in there. Like, like, what percent chance do you give them that they're going to run some sort of trick play in, the, in literally the first scripted possession they have? Well, I, 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 less of a chance just for the sole fact that Evan Ingram can't take a reverse. Can't take a shovel so, pass. Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll see how Tony's doing because if he uh, is healthy enough, you can almost guarantee you'll get some sort of baloney yeah. play that won't work. Tony baloney play. Yeah. <laughs> um, another topic... Not a lot to say. Uh, Daniel Jones, make or break season. He has to overcome. If he's truly a good quarterback, he can overcome the the, the faults in this offensive line to a certain extent and create some plays. Uh, that's what I'd like. Which to is see. so it's so unfair to him. Well, we, we can... I mean, my thing is like, yeah, it's unfair. He's got a bad offensive line, but if he's a franchise quarterback, he needs to elevate those around him. There are there are tons of teams that have bad offensive lines and. You know, he doesn't have to be Russell Wilson good, but he's got to make some stuff happen. I felt like I feel like the expectation for Giants quarterbacks it was like this for Eli for a long time. Like, you know, unless he had perfect conditions, like he wasn't really accept, expected to make a play. Um, there were obviously like outstanding moments where he did, and that's what made Eli great. But for the majority of the time, he would never if if the defense didn't give him something, you know, he wouldn't go out and, and make it happen. Um, and I think you need someone that can can be more creative and and if you're gonna like you know really make him a franchise cornerstone, you you can't just have a middling to you know average to below average quarterback that you're strapped with for ten years because he's a nice guy. That, and that is fine, but as long as we are able to see through, and it's very difficult. Obviously, we talk about it every single week that he plays, but if I think we have to fine tune our um, analytic eye when watching him. And really try to, to to divide what is solely his doing and what is a product of the garbage around him, which is very possible. <laughs> it's a little of both. And it probably is. But don't get me wrong. We can see egregious errors that are clearly on him. Yeah. And as, if we start seeing those disappearing and a lot of the, the, the same... Uh, bad play happening but it seemingly is coming from elsewhere then you know that's the worst way to see if someone's progressing but that might have to be the way that we have to look at this sure i hate sure. that and um i mean he's gonna have you know a hell of a six day five days here uh with the broncos and washington coming up um we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit um but we'll, we'll certainly know a lot more at that point Yep. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, you know, this is obviously the, the strong, the strong suit of the team. Um, you know, I think they can be, you know, truly a, a top tier defense if they're not on the field all the time, and if the offense mm -hmm. can, you know, control the ball a little bit more. I'm not saying like dominate possession, but you know, give them a 50-50 chance, um, then they'll be cooking. Um, 
the things I'm looking to are uh, the development and, and evolving of a pass rush. I, I know we've got a lot of the guys back. Uh, Patrick Graham was talking a lot about his enthusiasm for Carter and for um, Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not how, is that how you say it? Uh, Zimenez, uh, Jimenez. Yeah, Zimenez. Says Jeez it Louise. Uh, yeah. yeah, Zimenez. And, um, you know, we have got uh, Aziz from Georgia, their second round pick. Uh, there, There's a lot of talented guys, but they got to put it together. And, and seeing the pass rush come through, if, if Leonard Williams can play at a high level uh, two years in a row, that'll be hugely encouraging. Like I said, my man Dexter Lawrence is going to gobble people up. Um, and then... The other thing I'm looking at is the, is the secondary. We have a lot of extremely talented, high, highly uh, touted players in the secondary, yeah. uh, expensive players, and they need to be playing at an elite level. So I know they're, they're flirting with that for a while. There was a lot of injuries. Um, this year, they, I think they need to take the step to sort of an elite secondary. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, too, the, the newly minted number 52 back to the uh, linebackers, uh, that is Carter Coughlin. He is no longer number yes. 49, which is interesting. Um, and I think Ellerson uh, Smith is 94, which he's injured anyway, so that doesn't yeah. matter. Um, but I think in terms of the pass rush, we're going to be seeing um, – Patrick Graham's a smart guy, so we've already seen a little bit in the preseason. I think we're going to see a lot of pass rush from the middle, and I think that'll be a very interesting wrinkle uh, that will help alleviate possible uh, stunted growth on the outside, at least in the beginning. Because if you got to worry about someone coming up the middle, well, maybe it's almost like a, oh, let's forget about what's going on, on the outside, and you can see some people develop there. So... We'll see. The secondary is going to be going to be good, um, like you said too. Let's hope that the offense holds off uh, the uh, the opposition long enough to get them some rest, and and they can actually yeah. be a dominant force. Yeah, big, big season for Jabril Peppers, sort of Absolutely. sort of like the captain of the of the defense there with Blake Martinez. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you go down the line, you have James Bradbury, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, and Dory Jackson. Like, you can't mess with that. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> or, you, or you shouldn't be able to. And then Xavier McKinney um, should be mixed in a pretty healthy amount. And, and, I, and I think Darnay Holmes and Julian Love are, are legitimate, um, you know, slot guys or, or, or you know, big, bigger secondary package guys to put in there. I'm very confident in what they can do. Knock on the biggest wood you can possibly have, but this is the most depth we've had at the nickel position, at the outside cornerback positions. It's wild. Usually we're we're floating along with, with some – some guy who's five foot three, who is like a overachiever <laughs> in some Division two school, as a, as a as a slot guy. Yeah. It's like no offense to any of those. Some of those guys are, are some of my favorite players in terms of their heart and their 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 dedication and, and just you know punch above their weight. But like th- this is too good to mess up. So let's hope the pass rush figures it out so you can actually let those guys shine. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. All right, that's it. And I, I don't know. I don't think we have enough time to this, but maybe one day we will do like a, uh, a, 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 uh, a Mike and the Mad Dog style, like run through the schedule and, and tally it up. I don't know. If, do you think we could do it really quick? Ah, uh, well, you, you know, know what? It would, be, it, it, it would kind of be nice to have TJ on for that one. Okay. So maybe, right. maybe we'll wait for next week for him. All right. I'll, I'll say right now, though, I, I don't see them winning these first two games. Um, it's going to be – that would be a miracle. Um, but I, I, I'm – pretty confident in an 0-2 start, which will really test 
Joe Judge and, and the morale of this team, I think. Well, uh, apparently the Broncos are in a lot of the same kind of spots that we're in. Uh, so it might end up being a closer game than we give it credit for. And well, let's talk about case, that. Let's talk about the Bronco game. Let's talk about the yeah. matchup. Um, again, game's at 425. Broncos are coming to the Meadowlands. Uh, T- Teddy Bridgewater is now the quarterback there. I think that's an improved quarterback situation from the Broncos. Yeah. They have a, uh, sort of, I think, a, a very good you know, offensively uh, uh, wide receiver core. Uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, I like KJ Hamler. Um, they also have uh, uh, an interesting backfield. Melvin Gordon isn't great, but he's a lot better than Devonte Booker. Uh, yeah. And uh, and 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 their rookie, uh, Jesus' name excuse me, Javante uh, Williams. Yeah, Javante Williams is much hyped, um, and people should be expecting to see a lot of him as well. Uh, so you know, offensively, I, I think you know they can definitely uh, match up, match up a little bit. I, I think our defense is better and should be able to handle them, especially uh, being the first game of the season. I think we should be able to lay a smackdown on them. But you know, don't be shocked if Jerry Judy gets open for a deep pass or um, you know Melvin Gordon breaks off some chunk yards. Um, yeah. But I, I don't see them scoring a ton of points against us. No. My real concern comes with our ability to score points against them. Uh, the major thing I highlight is, you know, if Bradley Chubb plays, you know, then you got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing against <laughs> Nate Solder and Andrew Thomas, which oh, I, I just can't think of, of a, a really a worse situation for game one. Um, yeah. And their secondary is full of studs too. They, they, they might have one of the, the top, you know, one or two, you know, top three secondaries in the NFL, Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby on the outside and, and uh, strong safety, Kareem Jackson and free safety, Justin Simmons, really solid secondary. And, and Pat Sertan was, you know, their, their top 10 pick, yeah. uh, who by all accounts is supposed to be, you know, a, a truly elite cornerback uh, prospect. So their defense is good. And, and, and our offense has really shown us absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'll tell you this. I don't think it's going to be a, necessarily a fun game to watch, and I think it might get pretty ugly pretty quick. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm just hoping, since I'll be sitting there in my seats with Nick, that uh, we are entertained enough to not want to leave early. And I know that there's some people out there to be like, oh, oh, put, clutching their pearls. You leave early? <laughs> yeah, I leave early. If, if I see trash <laughs> out there, I'm beating the traffic and I'm going home and I'm not listening to the fan on the way home because I don't want to hear about it for the rest of the day. I want to make sure that the money that's spent for me to sit there is worth it. So let's hope that uh, that they come out to play on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I mean, just, and, and like, let's let's talk about the fan experience a little bit. You'll be in, in stadium. I'll be sitting either on my couch like a normal person or, or like a true boss in my garage where I set up uh, a Google Chromecast. And there's, there's something so dad life about a TV in the garage. I can't explain it. Um, and and I, I'm glad that I experienced that last weekend with our fantasy draft. So that was great. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's where the TV in the garage is not as good as the one in my, in my family room, and and the seat is way less comfortable. But just being in the garage is somewhat cool. Yeah. Anyway, I, I have to look forward to uh, a game called by <laughs> the insufferable Mark Slareth and two people I don't know, a, a Shannon Specke, 
the, we're assuming she's Dutch, and, yes. and Adam Amin, uh, you know, a guy younger than me. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I assume it's going to be an awful listening experience. I, I really haven't enjoyed anything. I just want to be able to one day just sync up Bob Popper with the the the, the visual feed. Bob be nice. Popper. I had to do that. That's a little uh, little Bloomberg action for you. Uh, other than that, Colin, is there anything you're looking forward to in the wide world of uh, the NFL this opening week? Any any particular players, games, things you think uh, might be fun? Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I focused all of my effort into knowing as much as possible about this team that we follow, that I've, I've really done a poor job outside of my fantasy yeah. players, yeah. Uh, knowing any of the, the storylines around the NFL. And I think as the weeks go on, we'll... we'll We'll have a little bit better of an idea of, of feeling the um, the fabric of this year's league and and whatever uh, hijinks and soap opery that we end up uh, getting ourselves into. But uh, it's going to be a fun year. I, th- I hope it's going to be a a little less of a strange season than last year, but it's sure to be strange anyhow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if if I'm correct, I think there are a couple games that I want to highlight. It, it looks like uh, Cleveland's playing uh, Kansas City. Uh, also at four o'clock, um, that should be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. I think that'd be a great game. Um, Green Bay versus New Orleans at four o'clock, another really nice game. See Jameis face up against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Sunday night game is not that great, which is usually odd for uh, opening week. Chicago versus the Rams. Um, yeah, that's an odd choice. And then, and then Monday night is Baltimore versus Las Vegas, um, but I think I think Cleveland versus Kansas City is is the matchup of the week. Yeah, I'm sad. I'll, I'll miss that, but uh, fill me in on it when we record next week. We'll do. I mean, yeah, I I, I don't know if I'll even have the ability to watch it, so <laughs> we'll see. Fair enough. All right. Well, that being said, um, thank you for listening. Uh, this is the Big Blue United podcast. Follow us. Um, or, or subscribe, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Big Blue United. I am Dan. This is Colin. We love you. And uh, listen next week. See how we're doing. Enjoy the first week of the NFL this season, folks. Miss you, TJ. One, four, three.